a burden was put on my heart just to keep praying. So when I got here, I had to go in to the prayer room, and, and we spent an hour just lifting our hands and worshiping and praying. And in that process, and I'm going somewhere with this, I don't often see this, but I saw, he's right here, <laughs> I saw an angel that was doing this, and he's huge. And I saw one over here who was doing this. And then, that wasn't enough. I told him, I said, i got to stop shutting my eyes. I saw heaven open. Where's Phil? Every time I, th I think of that, I think of you, because you're the first guy I ever heard really share that. And open heaven, and the angels were going up and down so quick, I couldn't, I couldn't keep. What does that say to you? God is hearing our prayers, our alms are going up, and he's sending the answer right back down. So I don't know what you're going through today. I really don't. But you serve a God who loves you. And he hears your cries. And he has answers for you. He has provision for you. He loves the daylights out of you. So if you haven't already, and Bill said this, give him your all. Amen. That's it. Let's go home. No. So I messed up last week. I was supposed to give one of these away. I told you a Bible a week. And... Uh, so I didn't do it last week. I forgot. Hitting 60 just does something to you. <laughs> so. <laughs> spoken from a saint. <laughs> Wait till you're 80. <laughs> Joyce Myers. Uh, the Everyday Life Bible. This is the Amplified Bible. Um, I really felt like somebody in here that is kind of in a dark spot maybe needed this today. I don't know if anybody would want to raise their hand. You want to raise your hand? Francis, you are the... Francine, there you go, sorry, Francis. That, that's actually my, well, he was my supervisor's wife. The other one. I already gave you one, so you don't need the second one. The Application Study Bible for Life. And, and this has all kinds of notes, special features to help you in your daily walk. And, you know, every time I walked by you today, I just felt like you're supposed to get this. I hope it's all right. There you go, brother. So, Shane. I try to pray about everything. Speaking of that, you want to come up, Pastor Tony? We, uh, how many know that God puts people in your life and then he, he moves them? And three years ago, we asked this man to come on and be a part of our team. And he's done an amazing job as our family life coordinator. 
I love you like a brother, and I know you love me as, as well. And when you became, when you got your credentials finally, I was so excited for you. But I also knew that was going to open a door for you that maybe you didn't know was going to open. And I think one of the hardest things that we have to do in ministry, in our own faith lives, is to listen to the Holy Spirit and to be obedient. Sometimes it can be hard. Well, the Lord has put it on our hearts that it's time after three years that Pastor Tony broke free from our church. I believe God's got something amazing for you. Where? I don't know. You don't know yet. Um, we're, we're giving him a couple months to figure that out. And uh, hopefully within that amount of time, he'll know exactly what God's trying to do because I, nothing's by coincidence. You know that. And whenever God opens the door or closes the door, he opens another way. You know, it, I'm hoping it's a bigger one. You've heard him preach. He's an amazing speaker. Uh, he's going to actually speak in two weeks. He'll, he'll be our guest speaker the last time. And he's going to share from his heart. Well, not the last time, but the last time, the last time that he's on staff with us. We want to honor him in two weeks, so just keep that in mind. Be praying for Pastor Tony, for his future, for our future, because that means that there's a hole in uh, children's ministry and youth. So again, this is not an easy transition, but I believe God's in it. We felt that. It's been confirmed. People were, were sending me texts, and I, I'm going to call them out. They didn't know this at the time, but Clarence and uh, Claudia, thank you. You sent me texts, and you didn't know it, that it was the confirmation that I needed because I didn't want to do this. Right. I love having you around. You. You're an awesome guy. You're, you're charismatic. You're fun to be around. But when God says do it, Amen. and if you don't do it, what happens? You pay, the, you pay a price. I've seen it in ministry over the years. So, again, I believe God has something amazing for you and your future family. And uh, we're just praying, Tony, that wherever God takes you, he's going to use the gifts that are inside of you. And thank you for the, the last three years. We love you. Love you, too. And this... The reason that I wanted to tell you this week was so in two weeks, you're not going, oh, he's leaving. Two weeks, we're going to honor him. So... Tell him goodbye. He said he'll be back. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's, he's living down around Houghton, Higgins Lake. Uh, in a couple of months, we may even see him showing up here again. We'll see how that works out. But in the meantime, please keep him in your prayers. And uh, Tony, we love you. Love you too. Thank you. At this time, we're going to release the youngins. So children, if you'd like to go. Spend some time with Pastor Tony and the team. God bless you. Have a great time over there, but not too much fun. Okay, have fun. Whew. Wow. Oops. There we go. So, this Sunday is the third week of our Advent series.
Anybody guess what today's all about? Joy. Unspeakable joy. That song has been in my head all week. And that's what it, in the middle of the night, ah, Lord, please let me sleep for two hours. I think he did right at the end. So the first week, we uh, talked about hope. Our church is aptly named The Hope. This last week, we talked about, thank you, at least one of you knew it. Thanks for listening, Mac. This week is the pink candle, and it represents joy. Next week, we will talk about love. And then on Christmas Eve, we'll light the Christmas candle. Looking forward to that. So if you're in town on Christmas Eve, we'd love to see you. And we're going to do a candlelight service here. So today's message is all about joy. Joy. When I sat in the back, I realized the lights weren't on, and I was like, oh, oh. Why? Because he's not a dark spot. He's the light of the world. When that little guy came, there were so many who were rejoicing. All the angels in heaven, a bunch of stinky sheep herders, they were excited about it. And of course, mom and dad, Joseph and Mary, had to have been excited. And then, of course, later, the wise men showed up because they had heard that the king of kings had been born and they wanted to honor him. He is the joy of the world, Jesus. He brought us all good news, the good news of the gospel. If you listen to his message, it will change your life. If you ignore it, then you'll be the same as you've always been and nothing will change but if you're hungry for more if you need joy in your life come to Jesus that's what in a nutshell that's what today's message is all about joy joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness huh anybody joy is a feeling Pleasure and great happiness. Every one of us should be excited about what's next. What's, what's happening? What's God doing in his church? What's God doing in this world with his church? With you and me. All of us should be excited about this. Christmas should be a time of happiness and joy. I've talked about this already, but for some, the Christmas season can be the reason for a deep despair, even depression sometimes. There are many reasons for this. One, Thanksgiving and Christmas sometimes can, can remind you of the loss of a loved one. And, and I can see many of you who are sitting here today, your spouses aren't with you today because they've gone on to be with Jesus. The joy of that is, you're going to soon be with them again. But while you're here on this earth, it's a little bit more of a struggle, amen? 
Second, it can remind you of maybe Christmases past that weren't all that great. Maybe you grew up in a family that didn't have a lot. So while all your friends were getting Nintendos, 64s, and all that other stuff, you were coming home, you were lucky to get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So for you, Christmas wasn't really all that it is for some. And then there's the fact that the days are shorter. How many know this coming Friday, the 21st, is the shortest day of the year? There's still 24 hours in it. (laughs) But there's less than eight hours from the time the sun comes up till it goes down. That's a short day, right? And what does that do to us? We get the grumpies, right? Chemically, without the sun, without daylight, more of it, our bodies don't produce vitamin D, which is something that keeps our moods. That's why so many people love Florida. The sun's out all the time. Some of you are like, yeah, I'd like to go there right now. Stop thinking of that. Get back here. I have a light on my desk. It's a special light. Reminded me of the little guy over in this crib in the manger. That light, when it gets dark outside, I can turn it on. It's got two settings. It's got a low beam and a high beam. If I'm really desperate and I'm in a dark place, I turn that baby on high. And it simulates the sun. And you know what? It really works. Of course, I've got to wear sunglasses while I'm working at my computer, but it's awesome. And, and after a little while, I'll actually feel myself coming out of the, the, the dark, if you will. All right, It helps my mood to improve. If you suffer like this, listen, if you suffer like this more than a couple weeks, get in and see somebody, like your physician or even your pastor or a counselor. Don't let that go on to the point where you can't recover from it. Amen? Because this time of year, it can be tough on different people. And you need somebody to be in your corner. Don't don't go through this alone. You want to know something? This is the reason that the church is here. When you look around the room, how many people do you not see here today that might have been here a week or two ago? A month or two ago? Those are the people that, when you recognize they're missing, have gone AWOL, what should you do? Please, don't come up to me and say, hey, where's so-and-so? Come on. Really? God put them on your heart. Follow through. You and I are the church. It's not my church, it's our church. So please, if you see people missing, go after them, find out where they're at. Because they could be struggling with something that nobody realizes. And your call, your connection, your stopping by might be exactly what they need to pick them up. And you know what we've noticed? When somebody gets a call and they've been gone for a season, it's almost without question that the next Sunday they're in church again. 
They just needed that little jump start. Can I get a good amen? amen. That's all of us. I'd like to add here, and somebody said it, it's important to understand that the greatest source of our joy can only come from the one, the only, Jesus Christ. If you're looking for joy, don't look in all the wrong places. Look in the right place. Go to Him. Cry out to Him. And let Him know that you need Him. Because He's saying to you, hey, look, come to me. Trust in me. Give me a chance to move in your life and see what I can do for you. That's the kind of God we all serve here at the Hope in the Christian church. Amen? And when you connect with Jesus, He'll help you with that mental state. If you've found yourself in a place of darkness, He will help you to come into the light. That's the other reason when I saw these lights off, I thought, God, I want people to know that the light's on. What's that, Motel 6? We keep the light on for you? That's Jesus' tagline. I'll keep the light on for you. When you find yourself in a dark place where you don't know where to turn, what should you do? Go to Jesus. Don't be going to Motel 6. He might be there, but... Go to Jesus. Because His light's always on. Hallelujah. As we prayed today, again, when, when I get these messages like this today, oh, I don't even want to begin to deliver them. Because I'm like, they're going to stone me. You're not. Because I hit all the rocks. But sometimes I feel like, Lord, this is a tough one. We're talking about joy today. And, and he gives me this message. It's like, you deliver this. I'll give them the joy, but they have to go through this part first. So let me just share from my heart. What I'm about to tell you, what I'm about to share with you, I feel came from the Lord. I feel the Holy Spirit downloaded this into me so that I could download it into you. Hear this. It may step on your toes just a little bit. Everybody do this. All right. You got toes, right? You may feel a little pressure on them. I'm not attacking anybody individually. God is the one that's speaking to you today. And he's saying this. He's saying, listen, my son, my daughter. You are in a dangerous place. You have not been listening to me. And you need to change. You're not going to have much longer. So change for the good. Come to me. Give me your all. And I will make everything right. That's going to be the message today. So when I hit these hard spots, remember this. This is coming from him. Everybody say this. I love my pastor. Thank you. That, that encourages me. I can move on. I was going to sing this song. No, nah, we're not going to. Yikes. One of the 
places the Lord took me as I was praying about this and as I was studying. He took me to the epistles of Paul. Now, when you think about Paul, do you think of joy? <laughs> this guy, you know, he's the guy that was holding the clothes of Stephen when they stoned him. Of course, his name was Saul then. And he just kept going after God's people, trying to crucify him pretty much. He wanted all Christians dead. There was no room in his life for anybody that wasn't preaching the Jewish gospel. All right? Here we find him on the Damascus Road, and, and God gets a hold of him. Jesus meets him right there. Lord, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus. I'm the one you've been persecuting. What? I'm going to stop that from now on. And he couldn't see. How many days? Three days he was blind. I can't imagine. And I'm not going to go far. And finally, after God got his attention, he opened his eyes. And he ended up using this zealous Hebrew to go after the non-Jew. The Gentile. Everybody say, that's me. Unless you're a Jew. Then that's not you. But are there any Jews in here? Okay, we're safe. We're all Gentiles. Listen to this. This guy, he was a tank. Everywhere he went, I mean, he just rolled into town. Blew everything up in Jesus' name. He had great success. I love this guy. As a leader, I love him because Paul did what he had to do. Listen, I think on the outside, he was a tough cookie. But on the inside, he had a soft heart. And if you're in leadership, you begin to realize that if you're too soft, people won't respect you. They won't respect your authority. So at times, a leader has to be tough. But then at other times, they have to be soft. And I, I saw both sides of Paul, or I see both sides of Paul, in his epistles, in the book of Acts. Paul's an amazing guy. And you know what else? It shows us that God can use anybody to reach the lost. Even a devout Jew converted to Christ. And this man, he took the gospel to places that hadn't been reached yet. And we're going to talk about some of those today. So that's who we're going to hear about joy. You ready? First, whoops. Did I do that? Oh, there we go. Leading people to God equals joy. Why do I say that? Let's start with 1 Thessalonians verses or chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. You ready? Got it up behind me. How we thank God for you because you, because of you, we have great joy. What? We have great joy as we enter God's presence. This morning, we had great joy as we entered God's presence. When we were praying in that prayer room, I'm telling you what, wow, you could just feel the tension and the spirit in there. And then he said, night and day we pray earnestly for you. Maybe that's why God kept me up. Because he wanted me to experience this night and day thing. And I was praying earnestly for you and whoever 
God put on my heart this morning. Asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. So the here, the we here is uh, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And that, if you go back to the beginning chapter, it'll explain that. These guys were giving thanks to God for the souls who had come into the kingdom because of their preaching. Now you don't have to be a preacher to affect souls. Are you with me? You can go to somebody and you can say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ and he's changed my life. And they might go, hmm, tell me more. And there's the open door. Or you may go to somebody and say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Would you like to hear more? And they're going to say, nope. Are you sure? Yep. You planted a seed. All right. You got them thinking. Why'd this dummy come to me? Not that anybody's a dummy. It's like that guy that led me to the Lord, Jaime. For six months, I despised him. And he kept planting the seed, planting the seed, leaving those little scriptures in my books so I'd read them. Just short verses. He didn't quote the whole Bible. And then when that day came, and I finally had enough of life, I'd been beat down long enough, you know, like those guys do when they're, when they're fighting in the cage, cage fighting. What do you do? You tap out. I tapped out. I tapped Jesus. I said, all right, brother, tell me about this Jesus you keep speaking about. And he, he changed my life. Crusty old norm was no more. My life had been changed to the glory of God. It doesn't matter who you are. God wants to use you to reach the lost. Just as Paul, Silas, and Timothy had done here with the Thessalonians. And as these two voices point out, their joy came from knowing people who had been won into the kingdom and who are now living for him. And that's an important part because the Bible says, go and Disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them about all of my commands. You see, it doesn't end when they say yes to Jesus. That's the beginning step. That's when we really need to get involved with these people to help them stay on the right path so the world doesn't suck them back in. It's like a big vacuum. You ever get your hands stuck on... No, usually when it happens to me is when I'm doing the curtains and I'm doing around the curtains. How many times do you, do you suck the curtain in? That's what the devil does with people that come to Christ. He tries sucking them back into the world. That's why they need us, hanging on to them. That's why I put my foot on that curtain so it can't go up the thing. I pull it off. That's what we do with the saints who've come to the Lord. Are you still with me? Let me ask you this. These men found joy in reaching people with their testimony, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Have you influenced anyone with your faith, with your testimony? Anyone? As you think about that, as you meditate on that, and please take this home with you. 
You know, all of us have a testimony. There's somebody out there that needs to know what Jesus has done for you. And if he hasn't done anything in your life that's worth shouting about, then maybe you're not there yet. Because you ought to be excited about who he is. It's our responsibility to share that testimony. And I just saw this yesterday. Responsibility. Each one of us needs to respond with the ability that God has given you. You have something to give. It doesn't... You don't have to be able to quote this from Genesis to Revelation. All right? You just have to be born again. You just have to have a witness of what God's already done for you. And you have to have a willingness to share. That is your response ability. Are you with me? Or am I just preaching to myself today? Tell people about the message that helped change your life. I can still remember the first time that I came to Christ. The first time. When I first came to Christ. And what that did for me. And I could not shut my mouth. I scared my friends. I scared my wife. Because she wasn't born again yet. When I, when I first became born again, I was the first one in my house and my family. I scared the daylight out of my family. They didn't know what to do with, with me. They, they thought the drugs and the alcohol had finally taken their toll. Norm is cooked. And then they accused me of being a Jesus freak. Which, I didn't mind that all that much, but I didn't really get it. I was so excited. I had so much joy in me. I'd come through the door with that big, like that Jesse Duplantis grin. And, and they'd just be like, oh, man, again? And I remember one of my family members saying to me, Norm, stop talking about Jesus every time you're around me. And I was like, fine. You don't want to hear about it? Fine. I'm still praying for you. Next time I'm with the same relative, guess who brings up Jesus? Not me. Him. And then I get in trouble for it. That's how God works. Seed planted. Grows a little bit. Another seed planted. Grows a little bit. God grows it. We plant the seed. We water it a little bit. But God makes it grow. You can't change anybody. That's not your job. Your job is to share what God has done for you. Hallelujah. I needed it. It helped my faith to grow. And those who I spoke to needed it. It helped their faith to grow. Hallelujah. The apostles said that these people brought them joy and put a crown on their head. How many would like some joy and a crown on your head? Amen to that. You want joy? You want a crown? You know what the requirement is? 
Become a servant. What? Become a servant. Become a, a I'm going to say it, a slave to Jesus. This world has taken the word slave, and, and, and obviously nobody wants to be a slave. But yet, that's what the Bible talks about from beginning to end. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And if our master, if the master serves, who are we? That we wouldn't serve as well. He died for you and me so that we might have life and life abundantly. To what? To sit around and just bake in the sun all day long till eternity finally comes? No! He wants to use you as seed to plant in other people's lives so that they too will come to him. So the kingdom will be filled with people. That all men would be saved. That's God's hope. But it requires everyone to say yes to him. God will not force himself on anybody. And here's the thing. A servant in this context serves out of love, not out of the whip. We serve not because we have to, but because we want to. You serve your wife because, hopefully, because you want to. Wives, you serve your husbands because you want to. It's a win-win. And when we serve the Lord, Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of these, you're giving it to Jesus. Serve. It's a part of who we are. If you haven't ever shared your faith with a non-believer, just suggesting maybe that's why sometimes you feel like you're down in the molly grubs. The what? Hey, this came to me in the middle of my time of prayer. and I had to look it up. I'm like, Lord, what are you talking about here? I have people in my church that are in the molly grubs. And I want them to break free. And for, in order for them to break free, they've got to begin to give of themselves. What does Molly Grub mean? This is from the Urban Dictionary. I had to go back to find this. All right. Do you ever read the Urban Dictionary? You talk from the Urban Dictionary, Shane. You, or, or cool. Sorry. Cool. Molly Grubs. A period of time. When one is feeling down and out, depressed, hopeless, lonely, and sad. That's what it means to be down in the molly grubs. I didn't know that until I looked it up. That's why I know it was from the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, okay, I'll run with it then. I knew you were going to say that, though, when I showed you it. God made us to serve. No one is greater than our master. And just as the apostles did... As they described in most of their letters to the churches, all of us need to serve one another. That's our job. That's what we're called to do. Now I'm going to shift gears from Thessalonians to Philippians. I'm going to go to chapter 1 to start and then jump to chapter 4. Paul said that there was only one thing that would bring him greater joy. 
than seeing people come to Christ. And that one thing was being with Jesus. How many are yearning for that? If, if the Lord took you home right now, all right, boom, you're there with him. Would you rather be there or here? I heard it both ways. Most of us want to be with Jesus. That's a given. Because that would mean the end of the turmoil, (laughs) the sin, the death, all the stuff that that we face on this planet. But listen to what Paul said. Philippians, I'm going to show some of this. uh, Verse 20 to 24. I'll put this up behind me. The New Living Testament. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. So here's his prayer. He wants to be bold for Christ as he's always been in the past, all right? And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ when I live or die. So his biggest concern here was that God would see him as being faithful, that he would use all of his gifts and talents in order to reach others with this message that Jesus had put on him. And then in verse 21, for to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better, huh? But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which way is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me, but for their sake, for your sakes, I'm sorry, it is better that I continue to live. Do you see this? Paul sees his whole reason for living as one in which God would use him to reach the lost, the people that need to hear it most. He doesn't want to go to be with Jesus yet because he feels like God's still reaching people through him. When God gets done reaching people through you, why are we even here? We're done. And Paul realized that. So I wanted you to see this. He goes on to say, did I put that one up already? Oh. Sorry, I'm catching up with myself. Paul gave his life for one purpose, to reach the lost with the good news of Jesus Christ. Would you agree with me that he was a true giver? Now last week, and and this is where it gets a little bit toe-stepping, we heard an amazing message, at least I felt like it was an amazing message, on planting seed. If you haven't heard it, go to our website and and listen to it. it. It was really good. If you did hear it and you thought, yeah, 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 I've heard it before. Yeah, so what? Didn't shake my boat too much. I challenge you, ask the Lord, Lord, do I have an impoverished spirit? What do I mean by that? Have you ever heard of a cold heart, a heart of stone? You know, if if we, I have to be careful. Hallelujah. When we share our viewpoints, our thoughts, about things we've heard in church. If you go out of here and you say to somebody, man, 
every time I come to church, all they do is talk about money. What are you doing? What, what if that person needed to hear that message? But now, you think they're going to want to listen to it? After you've just convinced them, all they want is your money. So if they do come into church and you beg them to come and someday they show up and the preacher or Bill gets up here, all right, everybody, we're going to do the offering. Get your wallets out. What do you think that person is going to be thinking? Man, he was right. Every time they come to church, all they want is your money. Really? Listen, this word, impoverished spirit, was another one that the Lord gave me. Yesterday. I hadn't thought of this before. Impoverished means to be weak, exhausted, depleted. (laughs) If you're here today and your spirit is weak, impoverished, depleted, you need to stop. You need to ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent. And the next time you come to church, listen with an open heart. Years ago, somebody said this to me. I don't care who it is, who the preacher is, the teacher. If you listen and you've given it to God, you'll hear something. And my wife used to say this. Chew up the meat, spit out the fat. I don't care who it is. You're going to get... If you come in in the right spirit, you're going to get something before you leave. But if you come in and you're condemning and you're, "Eh, I can't believe they talked about this again. It's like, come on. The Lord is saying to us, my children, I don't waste my time with the words that are given you. Listen. Listen. And you'll receive. And if you receive and you apply them to your life, you will grow. But the opposite is also true. If you don't receive. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying today. If you don't listen. If you just shut it off. I'm not listening to that. Then what have you done? You've just said, Holy Spirit, I'm not teachable. I've heard this before. One of the things that John and Judy talked about last week was if you don't plant a seed, you'll never reap a harvest. And when I heard that, it really, it really hit me hard. And as I put this message together today, it hit me hard. Listen to why. I can say all day long, I don't have any joy. I don't have any joy. You know what? My life's a wreck. Everything's wrong. It never works for me. Everything goes wrong. That can be you. Or you can take what God has given you, the little bit that you have, and you can use it as a seed, and you can plant it into somebody and watch it. Watch God grow it. And when that starts to grow, what's going to happen to you? You're going to grow as well. As you give, so shall it be given to you. 
pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. You can't contain what God wants to give you. But it requires you to give. And if you're stuck on the money thing, get your head off of that. I'm talking about everything. Time, talent, energy. Am I preaching to the choir? You're the choir. <laughs> I love you, though. This is what the Holy Spirit said to say to you. Get over yourself. Repent. Pick up your cross and follow me. If you are lacking joy, get over yourself. Repent. Pick up your cross and follow me. If you'll notice, the me is capitalized. Whoo! Okay. Philippians 4, verse 1. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. What? If you aren't there, if you lose touch with Jesus... It's done. It's over. Poke your neighbor and say it's over. If you lose touch with Jesus. There's no other way. He goes on to say, I love you and I long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. See what I'm talking about? I said this earlier. You, the people, the church, were his joy and crown. If you help lead anyone to Jesus, and it doesn't have to be where they're getting down on their knees and saying, what must I do to be saved? You can help bring people into the kingdom simply by an encouraging word. People are hurting. Show them that you care. What, are the, what did he just say here? I love you, and I long to see you and to be with you. Everybody we come into contact with should feel this. They should feel like you care. You're a Christ with skin on. I know that sounds gross, but it's true. It sounds cannibalistic. It's not. Blood of the Lamb. Now I appeal to Yudia, and I'm going to try to say this, Sutike. I had to look this up. That's how you pronounce it from the original language, Sutike. Yudia and Sutike, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Church, Settle your disagreements. Who are you mad at today? Who has offended you? Settle your agreements, disagreements. And then he goes on to say, I ask you, my true partner, somebody's name was in here, but they're not sure who it was. He, and he says, help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others about the good news. 
Help them. Help them to what? Come back into agreement. Be a peacemaker. If you find two friends who are bickering and doing this, what should you do? Step right in between them and say, girls, come on. And I'm not just picking on girls. This can go both ways. I've seen some men do the same thing. You might want to be a little more careful getting in between them. but They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. So these people were born again. They were saved, but they were having a disagreement. And how does that look to the world? Their testimony was being affected. And the local church needs us to help people get through these kind of conflicts. When you find out somebody's mad at somebody else, try to bring peace to that situation. That's the biggest complaint against the church today. So we're a bunch of hypocrites. All we do is have a bunch of infighting. Can't even decide on where the piano needs to be, what color to paint the sanctuary, yada, yada, yada. We don't have that issue here. But churches do. But we have our issues. Don't let it be. Get in there. Be a peacemaker. That's what the local, local church should do. We're peacemakers, not strife makers. Now to the crux of where I wanted to go, the, the talk, topic of joy. In Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7, we see the main idea of this whole book. I love this part. I've got it in three different versions. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. That's the NLT. The NIV. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And then the Amplified. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourselves in Him. Again, I say. Who is the source of our joy? Rejoice in the Lord always. That should be the church. That should be our mantra. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He was so excited when he wrote this part. The commentaries all reflected it. Why was he so excited? Because he was thinking about all of those people in that little church in Philippi. It was the first church that was planted in Europe. And he put it there on his second missionary journey. And he was pumped that it was still there, that the enemy hadn't come and consumed it, and it died off. A hundred churches a week die. One hundred churches a week die in the U.S. He was just excited. They hadn't gone that way yet. And that's the whole gist of what he's trying to tell them because he wanted to be with them. He wanted to make sure that they were strong before he went on to Jesus, to be with Jesus. Verse 5, I don't have a slide for it, but it says, Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord's coming soon. And in those days, they used to say, you'd, you'd run along, you'd come down the road, you'd say, Maranatha, Maranatha, which meant the Lord is coming soon. That was their greeting. How cool is that? We should start doing that. Maranatha, the Lord, and 
people in the world are going to be looking at you going, huh? What's a Maranatha? It's like a Sutike. <laughs> Verse 6. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Oh, goodness. I didn't realize how late it was. Ooh. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace. Only His peace. He gives us a whole bunch of stuff here, but I just wanted to say quickly, to guard means to garrison up. To garrison up. It's a term that means to guard, to keep, to arbitrate, to umpire our hearts and minds. As one concordance suggests, and I quote, since hearts and minds suffer most at the lack of inner tranquility, God promises to guard both. So if you're in a dark place, if you don't have that peace and tranquility, then you need to what? Garrison up. Come to Jesus. Begin to do these things that he just talked about. Rejoice in the Lord always. If you lack joy, go to him. If you want the Lord to guard your mind and heart, then start by coming to Jesus. Pick up your cross and give of yourself till it costs you something. This is, this is a part of this. I, I can't get this across enough. This is what Paul did, Silas did, Timothy did, Peter did, James did. This is what they all did. They gave of themselves until it hurt, till it cost them something. Every one of those men died with the exception of John, and they tried to kill him three times, but he just wouldn't die because God had a book for him to write called Revelation. We need to give of ourselves till it hurts. When you do that, <laughs> can you outgive the Lord? When you do that, and you start seeing the fruit of your labor, which is, you know, don't invest in stuff, invest in people. Invest in people. That's what these men did. And remember, He is the light. If you need to break out of your darkness, Jesus is the light. How do you move toward the light? We were just taught. First, oh, wait a minute. I thought I had it up there. Fix your eyes on good things. Second, think about things that give God praise. Third, practice being Christ. Give yourself away. And then finally, Nehemiah 8.10. I'm going to close with this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Go back and read. In, in your groups today, read Revela or Philippians 4, 8, and 9 because that has some stuff you need to see. Would you stand with me? I hope your toes are okay. I really do. Like Paul said, I love you guys. I love you guys. Was it Friday? 
yesterday. I can't remember what day it was, and I just sat here and I went, I am so blessed to be your pastor. I really am. You guys are awesome. Thank you. The Lord, sometimes He gives us things that are a little harder to take in, but you know what? When He does, it's because you have a Heavenly Father that loves you. <laughs> if He didn't care about you, He wouldn't say anything. He'd just let you live in squalor. He'd let you live in that dark world that you're living in. He wouldn't try to change you. He'd just leave you like you are. But He loves you too much to leave you where you're at if you're not serving Him the way you should be. And that's why he keeps coming back to us trying to get, trying to ring through so that we'll hear him. Again, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying today. If this is you, do you need joy? Come to the giver of joy, Jesus Christ. Come to that little guy who's in the manger, but he grew up and he gave his life. He was the seed God took and planted in the earth. And on the third day, that seed sprouted and it brought us everlasting life and now each of us can get the same just by saying yes to Jesus hallelujah learn to give yourself away to serve others and by doing so you will discover joy unspeakable some of the greatest experiences I've ever had came from giving something to someone. I still remember the day many, many, many years ago and there was a single mom in our church and I knew she needed a car. And we had one that we weren't using, a third vehicle that we weren't using and it was like, what do I do with this thing? And the Holy Spirit said, give it to her. It was a little rough. You know, it was older and I thought, I can't give her that piece of junk. It really wasn't a piece of junk. But in my mind, it was. I don't like giving anything away without it being perfect. So what did I do? Put new tires on it. Put new brakes on it. Gave it a tune-up. I detailed that thing. I waxed it. And then I took it to her, and I said, the Lord put it on her heart to give this to you. And I gave her the title. And I said, this is yours. Oh, the flood of joy that I felt to be a vessel that God could use like that. I was honored. I wasn't going, oh, look at what I did. <laughs> no. I was so blessed. And I got to see her coming to church and going home. And she had a big smile on her face. <sighs> That's what it means to give of yourself. Are you suffering with an impoverished spirit? Listen, if that's you, repent. Open your heart up again. Ask the Lord, Lord, if my heart is hard, shatter it. Make it soft again. And he'll do that for you. And then you'll start hearing from heaven again because some of you haven't heard from him in a long time. He'll get you right back on track because your, your heavenly Father loves you enough to discipline you. And finally, if you're having difficulty finding your joy during this Christmas season, find somebody to bless. 
there is no greater remedy than getting your pity off yourself and putting it on somebody else. I don't mean any disrespect for you if, if, if you're grieving a loss of somebody, whatever it might be. I don't mean that. But I'm saying, if you'll do what I'm suggesting here, ask the Holy Spirit, who can I help? You can walk into Walmart today and change that cashier's day just by being nice to her and saying, you know what, God bless you and thank you for serving today. Little things. They don't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be a car. Heavenly Father, as we close today, God, you, you've downloaded so much into me. I don't even know how to end. I pray right now for everybody that's here. God, as they go through their struggles, as they go through life, wherever they're at, that you would help each one of us to live for you, Lord, to find that joy, that peace that can only come from you, to garrison up, Lord, as only you can do. We seek the joy for this time of year, that happiness, that pleasure. But, Lord, most of all, we just want to please you. We want to spend time with you. And I pray that that would be each of our desires here today. And, God, if there are any here today, and, and listen, with everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I think my heart's hard. I need, I need you to pray for me and with me today that, that God soften it. If that's you, be looking around, please. Just lift your hand up real quick so I can see it. Yep, anybody else? Yep, anybody else? You can put them down. Anybody else? Thank you. You can put it down. Anybody else? Hallelujah. God knows your heart. Don't leave here today. Make that change. Anybody else? I feel like somebody's still hanging on to that old man and they're not letting go. That old woman. They're not, yep, you can put it down. Thank you. Let me close finally with this last thing closing prayer if you're here today and you say you know what I've never given my life to Jesus I've never asked him to be my Lord I've never tried to serve him but I want to do that today I want to I want you to pray with me if that's you would you lift your hand up anybody that needs Jesus today hallelujah yes anybody else thank you Jesus all right let's pray as a family and then we'll let you go would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your discipline, for correcting me when I'm wrong, when I've gone astray. Today, I ask you to forgive me of all the dumb things I've done, any sins between you and me, between me and my brothers or sisters. Help me, Lord. Cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. And Lord, make me a new person today. Now I pray you would remind me that if I want the joy of the Lord, I need to do something, and that is to share what you've given me. To go out there, to reach the lost, to work with the lost, to love the lost in the name of Jesus. And as I do, as I plant that seed, and as you grow it, the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. I receive it right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I thank you for it, even in advance. 
And everybody said, Amen. 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 I apologize for going over, but listen. Wow. Next Sunday, our children have been working for months, and they are going to put a performance on. I'm still going to do a little mini, mini sermon, but they're going to be the, the, the stars of the show next week. Well, Jesus will be, but using the kids. Invite your friends. They won't be disappointed. Love you. Have a great week. Be safe.